You know, during Kobe's final year in the NBA, after a Lakers game, I asked him, I said, yo, did you do your original training routine that you were doing in your prime, the heavy lower body, upper body, all the skills work? And his eyes lit up and he said, absolutely. I wouldn't be able to even move at this point of my career if I didn't do that this off season. And, um, you know, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed because anyone that studied the body, anyone that's worked with athletes, basketball players especially, if you look at Kobe Bryant's training regimen for the course of his prime, for the offseason, the day-to-day, -day, Kobe Bryant was legitimately overtraining. And he was going to a level that was borderline unhealthy and abnormal. My basketball players here will understand this. Getting up at 4 a.m., well, actually, no, none of us will understand it because majority of us didn't do this. Even NBA pros, they haven't done this. Uh, it's not recommended. It's very hard to recover from, and you could get injured if you don't take the right steps. Getting up at 4 a.m. on maybe four or five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, straight to the track, sprints, agility work, conditioning work, uh, you know, taxing your entire lower body. Then going to the court, putting up jumpers, repping out the fundamentals and the basics of the game. Nothing too gimmicky, nothing too flashy, not the stuff you see now on the gram. Straight, just fundamental work, traditional work. You know, left hooks, right hooks, post game, footwork, polishing all that, putting up shots from all over the floor, multiple counters, and, you know, just just going crazy, make, counting his makes, sweating, working hard, game speed, cutting hard, sharp, everything. Um, from there, he would go to the weight room. And in the weight room, he would lift for about an hour, hour and a half. And it would be heavy lifting. Nothing light, no band work, just traditional barbell compound lifts. Um, heavy lower body day, heavy upper body day. It was a four-hour, five-hour work day. And then he would recover. I don't know what he did the rest of the day. There was moments where he'd come back at night and put up more shots. Um, he was obsessed with his craft. Uh, when people ask me, is this uh, normal? Is this healthy? This would not be recommended today. They wouldn't let anyone do it. Uh, and most guys wouldn't want to do it. It's too much. It was too much. And somebody asked me to Kobe over train. I said, yes, but if you look at Kobe Bryant's route, you had to do that to get through that route because Kobe Bryant in my mind had the toughest route we've ever seen of any great. And he went to an abnormal place in the off season and normalized with what he went through on the court. That became the easy part that grind and that obsession and that blood, sweat, and tears, and that ability to push through fatigue, that ability to push through the soreness, that ability to get, get up day after day, night after night, and continue to work on your craft and just do the boring traditional work again and again and again. It is so hard to even comprehend reading it, let alone doing it for a week, let alone doing it for a month, let alone doing it what like he did it day after day, six days a week for 12, 13, 14 straight years of your prime. It's ridiculous. No one has done that. No one went to that place as a grinder. And truth be told, Kobe's brought body because he almost overworked it, was breaking down at the end. 2011, 2012, 2013, even 2010, Kobe was really picking his spots with athleticism. He had to, you know, be methodical with it. He didn't just get to go blow past you whenever he wanted. He didn't get to get out and lift and explode off the ground whenever he wanted. There was moments where he did it, but for the most part, later on, Kobe Bryant was so overworked and taxed, it had come down to the point where he was almost possibly damaging himself because he was the best player in the game at one point, and it was off pure skill and angles and knowing the game and getting to your spots. The body would fire up, 
and he was still athletic. I mean, a freak of nature to begin with, but he had to be very methodical and pick his spots with it. It was like an energy turbo boost he'd get. All right, we're going to come down. And it came down to he was doing too much. And then that's the trainer in me speaking that he overtrained. And, you know, it's very hard to recover from that. You got to be on a mount, some type of, you know, just ridiculous level of recovery to do what he did. And uh, took care of his diet, made sure he wasn't fucking around with that. And he did it. He recovered. He needed to do what he did. I don't know how he did it. No player could tell you how he did it, but he did it. Michael didn't even go to this place. It's been documented. Like this was ridiculous stuff um, that he was doing, you know, and to put the body through that. And then somebody asked me, did he overtrain? I said, yes. But if you look at Kobe Bryant's route, coming in as a skinny ass high school kid, People talk about Kobe and Shaq, and I get so I laugh, and I'm like, you casuals. Do you know that Kobe Bryant came in as a skinny kid, was not supposed to be what he became? He made that duo as dominant as it was by leveling up to Shaq's level, saying, yeah, I'm going to go get 30 tonight, too, in the playoffs. Many nights, Shaq tells you this is the greatest player on earth from 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. It's because Kobe Bryant from 96 to 99 was going through that grind every day. While guys were partying, while guys were sleeping, while guys were just taking it half-ass, Kobe Bryant was going all out, blood, sweat, and tears, dirty, through soreness, through fatigue, through all that. He was able to bypass these things and hurdles that he saw in his career. He wasn't in this type of league now where players have power and you can control, manipulate your route, pick up guys, get guys on your level, make your route easier. It's become glorified now, right? Like, how do we make our route easier? And the media even glorifies it. Back then, it was like, yo, I want it the hard way. How do I do this on my own? And that's the level you had to go. So if you look at his route to become a star next to Shaq, and some nights the best player, again, those Western Conference series with the Kings and the Spurs and the Blazers, it was Kobe many times leading the way. You know, and to do that and to do the things he did, what he saw in terms of talent and and competition with really only one star by his side, it was either Shaq or Powell. Powell was not on that megastar level, though. So Kobe never really, and again, in the Western Conference, you see the Dirks, the Steve Nashes, the Allen Iverson for a moment, Carmelo Anthony, Dirk Nowitzki, sorry, Tim Duncan, um, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. He had Reggie in the finals. You had the Blazers. You had just tough teams like the Kings who were so well-rounded. Um, you know, you had guys come in later, the Durants and the Westbrooks. And, you know, you you eventually got to a point where you were facing monsters in the finals, AIs and, you know, guys like Garnett and, and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and, you know, tough-minded defensive pests like Tony Allen, Shane Batty and Bruce Bowen, but then defensive coverage like zones and doubles and triples. It was a level that we haven't seen before in terms of degree of difficulty and his ability to will a team um, with minimal help through that West, that mighty West year after year to reach seven finals in 10 years, win five of them. The way he did it, you know, the traditional way with one team, not being able to recruit, not wanting to recruit. um, We're never going to see that again. And all the things he overcame, you talk about 04, you know, in the midst of his beef with Shaq, you all know what he went through in 04 in the, in the, with that incident. To overcome that adversity, to overcome that mental trauma and pressure, it was just so much. And he handled it really gracefully every time. 
and he overcame the toughest defenses with ridiculous shot making and the toughest competition, Hall of Fame competition, and the toughest defensive principles that I've ever seen any star go up against on the grandest stage in the best conference year after year. And he put up monster numbers and he did what he wanted to do on the basketball court and he won and he won at the highest level. To do it the way he did it, the route that he came from a skinny 17, 18-year-old kid out of high school that was never supposed to be that good, he did it gracefully. And the reason he did it gracefully is because he went to an abnormal level in the offseason and he normalized the grind in season. I'll never, ever see Kobe Bryant level of grind and dedication again because they probably won't even let it happen. It was borderline unhealthy. And yet in his final stages of his basketball career, here he was excited about having overtrained. That's all he knew. Mamba only won it the hard way. He went up against the biggest hurdles and he climbed the highest mountains on that basketball court, on that basketball stage year after year. And he did it the most pure and organic way. It's one thing to look at number stats and records and trophies. It's another thing to look at how a guy did it, who he did it with, what he overcame. I don't think anyone saw what Kobe Bryant saw. And, uh, you know, God put this type of grind in this dude and he maximized his abilities and showcased it again and again and again. That's why when you ask a player to this day who's the best in the world or who's the best you've ever seen, Kobe's always at the top of the list. You ask his peers and the guys he went up against from his era, who was the best player you ever faced? Kobe Bryant. They're answering that within a split second. If you ask coaches who was the toughest cover, Kobe Bryant every time. And people lose words when they speak on his name. We're never going to see that again. To me, that's what's work. That's what's real, the work. And if you look at Kobe's route and his journey and the way he did it, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. And really, there was never going to be anyone else because no one else worked and gave themselves to the game the way he gave himself to the game. No one poured their blood, sweat, and tears into the game like that. And he was a gift. And, you know, I'm going to make sure that that dude is celebrated forever.